Hello, I'm Kerry Lonigan. Welcome. You're on the grill for Beef Central. These podcasts are brought to you by Alenco Animal Health and the Kelly's Finance Group. Today's guest, a bloke with a key role in managing one of Australia's largest agribusiness holdings. His name is Jock Whittle. His official title is Head of Asset Performance, Macquarie Agriculture and Natural Assets. Jock Whittle, welcome. You're on the grill. Thanks, Kerry. Thanks for having me on. Now, with a title like that, you surely have control of a barbecue at home? Yeah, no, no. I, uh, I, I enjoy um, consuming animal protein cooked at the, at the, in the right way, so uh, that is a focus for me. So how do you have your steak? You are in charge of the barbecue, I assume, so you can have the steak whatever way you like, and what's that? Well, I did grow up in a sort of a 1970s household where there was, there was a high level of doneness on most of the meat that I consumed, <laughs> but I've slowly educated myself over time, and uh, yeah, I definitely prefer a medium rare yeah, that's the uh, political correct answer. I'm waiting for the day when some uh, philistine says, "Well, well done." I suspect I'll be waiting a long time. Jock, let's start with a, a word picture of the diverse holdings of Macquarie in the ag world. Could you uh, just uh, tell the listeners what the range and type of property that you are managing at present? Yeah, so Macquarie has um, has two funds, and uh, one of them is. Uh, more focused on livestock production, or but it does have quite a diversified portfolio, and that that's the one that most people know as uh, Paraway Pastoral Company. And and then there's another another vehicle that is probably more focused on on cropping, and it has um, it, it's more probably widely known as Viridus Agriculture. I'd guess that would be north of four billion dollars, but I know you're not going to tell me the exact amount. But that'd be I wouldn't get much change out of four billion. I would suspect. Incidentally. Your title says agriculture and natural assets. What's a, a natural asset? Well, I think it's um, it's a it's an evolving space. I think we're we're all learning that um, what we used to call farmland or or rangelands or landscapes, which we've all grown up and have spent our life mainly growing food and fibre on, um, it's becoming increasingly. Uh, aware or obvious that, that these landscapes may have uh, other value to other parts of society that um, that can contribute to the different marketplaces that are emerging. So um, when we talk about natural assets, I think we are talking about um, biodiversity. We're talking about obviously carbon carbon marketplaces that might be emer- emerging. Yes, well, I think it's quite an interesting point in time. Absolutely. That's a seminal moment for ag business. We're going to get on to that in a moment. But uh, ag, of course, is a small part of the overall Macquarie portfolio. But I'm guessing agriculture, the drought, the rain, the price of the cattle, the price of land, it would have provoked a lot of discussion far beyond its impact within the broader group. And what, I've been, what I mean by that is agriculture in the last few years has become more or less what they call a sexy investment. Uh, I think you know we, uh, we 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 articulate that um, it's it's a good place to park some of your money and to, to our investors. Uh, and obviously, the last last few years have have uh, been quite favourable with with strong external uh, climatic conditions and, and strong commodity prices. So it, our, our investors have enjoyed good returns. So that's uh, we, we'll, we'll continue to strive to deliver that. Let's get to your direct responsibilities, Jock. Uh, your focus is plainly sustainability. It's mentioned several times in the 
literature I read about your your uh, part of the Macquarie world. That's a feel-good word, sort of, uh, heard everywhere. How different is your approach in concerning uh, sustainability? Well, I think we, we would say that sustainability is very important to our business and it's very important to our investors. So we spend a lot of time working with all of our people on the ground to, to, to be able to better understand what sustainability is and, and how we can better demonstrate that we are a sustainable operator and that we are focusing on making sure that we manage sustainable landscapes and, and care for our, our animals and, our, and, and the land that we look after and make sure that it is, you know, we, we pass it on to the next owner at some point in the future in, in, in better shape than, than how we received it. Back to your business, Jocko. Macquarie and Syro have combined to publish a rather interesting set of guidelines for farmers about carbon emissions. It's called Farm Print. Do you want to say a few words about that? Yeah, it's a, it's a tool that's specifically been developed for uh, cropping operations. And it, it is, uh, it's been tested on a lot of our, our farms and it's been developed in conjunction with the Syro. And it is basically uh, a tool that allows grain farmers to to enter some data from their own farming business and, and be able to establish what their baseline emissions are. And I think in this journey of, of agriculture, understanding how it can play its role in, in a carbon a better carbon future, then one of the key starting points is the ability to understand your, your starting point, your baseline emissions, and then you can understand how you can uh, or what, what you have to do or build a plan of how you can start to move your business towards a, a better climate and carbon position. You're hoping to demystify at least part of the carbon emission story? Well, I think, I think most farmers um, can, can start to understand it better when they're given a, a starting point or a number. Otherwise, it is, it is a bit confusing and, and difficult to understand. So I think um, it, it always helps when you, you get a, a number and then, then you can start to understand how you, how you should respond. Okay, time for a break. We'll have a brief message from our sponsors, Elenco. Don't let your cattle suffer the setbacks caused by buffalo fly. Combat buffalo fly with Corral Patriot and silence insecticidal ear tags. Providing up to four months of long-lasting fly control. Elanco has you covered with a range of ear tags to suit your rotation program. Contact Elanco and find out how you can win the buffalo fly battle now. Welcome back. I'm with Macquarie's Jock Whittle. We're talking about carbon emissions. Now, how much of your time these days is taken up with the, the carbon emission story? Yeah, quite a bit of time. I think we're, we're very much engaged in trying to understand um, our baselines, uh, what our current emissions are, and also then the various tools that are, that are available to us to start to build a plan towards reducing those emissions over time. So that's, um, that's, all part of, of engaging, I think, and taking action and um, being able to demonstrate that this is a real issue and that you're leaning into it and, um, and mapping a pathway forward. So you're deep into it. What advice would you offer to make this journey easier for the average farmer or grazier? Yeah, look, I think there is a lot of, um, there's a lot of different information out there and, and some of it is about um, how big the opportunity is to, to possibly... Uh, participate in these carbon markets and create new revenue streams for farms, which I think is a great opportunity. 
um, and a really interesting part of agriculture into the future. But also at the same time, I think individual farms have to test whether they understand their own emissions profile and how they're approaching dealing with those emissions um, alongside the opportunity. So it is, it is relatively complex, but I think I would say the first step is to, is to uh, find a way um, to, to establish your starting point, your, your initial baseline, and then it all becomes a bit more real when you have a number to, to look at and then contemplate what, what can be done to move from where you are today. So in your research so far, you're confident this journey will be a positive one for the, for the ag industry? I think so, particularly if the ag industry engages. I mean, I think, it's, it, it, I think our, our customers, our consumers are watching agriculture um, closely. I think we, there is a risk that if we don't uh, demonstrate that we, we're doing our bit and we're leaning in, that you know, we, could, we could do ourselves some damage in the consumer space. But I think you know, most farmers that I speak to uh, understand that it's something we're going to have to tackle and, and they want to understand how to, how to approach it. And then I think it, it creates quite an interesting opportunity. Um, you know, nature-based solutions currently are the you know the lowest cost way of, of, of sequestering carbon in the marketplace, and a lot of a lot of organisations around the world are trying to understand how we can take carbon out of the atmosphere. So, um, land land landscapes and rangelands are going to be interesting about how they engage in solving that problem. I think it's a story that will keep on giving for a long time to come, Jock. Can I put an equation to you? More productive land is devoted to carbon crops, taking land out of production. Less production means higher prices. What happens here? Do you agree with that assumption? Is it inevitable that who pays it will be the consumer? I think it's very hard to to extrapolate it that far at this point. I, you know, I think there is definitely going to be... Um, there's going to be areas on farms that, you know, I think that maybe the future, the future farm probably will continue to grow food and fibre. I think that's obviously been the core business of agriculture and it will continue to be so. But there may well be an opportunity on certain portions of the farm or corners of, of the farm where um, those, those areas of land have been less productive at producing food and fibre. So maybe it's a, on a highest and best use type uh, approach. It's actually better to move that land into some, you know, new new management arrangements that possibly sequester carbon or de- deliver biodiversity benefits. And so then, you know, you can continue to do what you do today and and provide food at, at the volumes the world needs, and and also potentially create um, a new part of your farm that that participates in markets in a different way. So I don't. Think that um, it, it's, I think it's unlikely that uh, society will stand by and let food get very expensive. Uh, so, so I think it's going to be interesting how we all um, manage that transition. That's right. It seems to me though that regional and rural Australia will carry much of the heavy lifting for this mission to acquire zero emissions. Is that a reasonable assumption? Do you think? No, I don't. I don't know about that. I think it's probably more that we have to do our bit. Obviously, the other parts of the economy are where, where there's quite intense emissions profiles. They're having to engage on this issue as well. So I think it's. I think the obligation is for everybody to do their bit, and I think agriculture will will, will also have to do its bit. I think there's while while there will be um, a task 
that agriculture has to confront at the same time as, as we've already said, it, it, it potentially presents an opportunity for rural and regional communities. So I don't think people should be concerned about it or, or feel like it's a, it's a major threat. I think you just need to get in there and understand it better and educate yourself and it possibly for some people will, will create a, a very interesting opportunity. Yes, I think it needs demystifying and, and the sooner the better. Let's move now to uh, the rural property game, which has gone like a, a, a rocket in the recent years. What's your take on the outlook for rural property? Yeah, well, I think it's obviously a, a quite interesting point in time. Um, the the earnings that farmers have been making over the last two years, uh, generally speaking, have been very strong. Um, we've got very favourable commodity prices combined with um, very favourable weather conditions in large parts of Australia. So, so that means that you know farmers are you know generally making good returns. And so when farmers make good returns, they, they do tend to um, to bid up the price of land. So we've seen that happen over the last two years. Um, I don't know that it's, um, you know, people are questioning whether it's run too hard or too fast. I think that obviously all, all depends on, on future returns that those farms can make, uh, the commodity price outlook and the weather outlook. So, um, you know, I, I, I would say that it's fairly valued at, at present, given the the elevated um, prices and earnings that farmers are making. So, and and farms continue to, to trade at these prices. So, it's a bit hard to predict the future. But I don't think that we're in some sort of overvalued bubble or anything. And I think uh, we'll, you know, farmers are, have got money now, and and I think that sometimes that drives a, a period of investment in productivity gains and other other things that actually help farms continue to grow their earnings and. Ultimately, that ultimately that's what will will, will control the the land market into the future is, is the ability for farms to generate profit and earnings on the, on their piece of land. Absolutely, you sound very bullish about that, and I would assume that you must be bullish about our our export markets for protein, especially to the north. Yeah, well, obviously we've had a view for a long time that um, that demand for for all protein. Um, Demand for animal protein and, 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 and particularly red meat protein is, is strong, driven by population growth and, and rising incomes and uh, more people eating that animal protein over time, which equals more demand. And, and so that's something we've had, we've, we've had as part of our narrative now for over a decade and, and I think it's played out and, and I think those big long-term demographic drivers remain in place and we expect them to continue. Time for a quick break, and this time we're hearing from our podcast partner, Kelly's Finance Group. Established since 1988, Kelly's Finance Group have the finance solutions when it comes to agribusiness lending, from property loans and livestock funding to machinery and vehicle finance. They are the experts in arranging finance on behalf of their clients that not only ensures market-leading interest rates, but more importantly, financing that is suited to your agricultural operations, not your lender's bottom line or their preferred security position. With access to an array of specialist and traditional finance providers, there's no job too big or too small for the Kelly's Finance Group team. Contact Kelly's Finance Group today for an independent and confidential discussion on how we can add value to your business moving forward. A couple of issues uh, to finish, Jock. I, I 
get the impression that you're very keen on farm safety issues? Absolutely. I think it's uh, it's, it's it's very important and um, and I think we come to work every day and, and we want to make sure our employees go go home at the end of the day in one piece. We, we employ a lot of young people and we want to return them to their families um, in, in a strong condition. So I think it's another area where agriculture potentially lags the rest of uh, rest of the economy. What is Macquarie, um, what is Macquarie it, doing, Jock, that's uh, special in this uh, area of farm safety? I think we're just constantly trying to elevate how important it is and to try and put things in place that create a safer workplace and, and searching all the time for how we go about daily tasks and how we set our businesses up with infrastructure and, and the way we set our people up with training and education to try and um, create the safest possible workplace we can. Because we, we, we are in a dangerous workplace. The statistics for agriculture are, are still very poor relative to other industries. And, you know, it, we, we it's, it's becoming an increasingly interesting issue. People start talking about how hard it is to, what's getting harder to attract labour into the to the to the, to the to the industry and so you know people come out of other industries they have an expectation of, of their safety being managed and looked after and I think agriculture has to lift its game. Indeed it does. I recall in another place many years ago I used to produce stories about farm safety and it would break my heart to read of uh, kiddie fatalities on farm. It was truly appalling but I see data actually shows most fatalities occur in the 60 plus age group for males how do you educate these old roosters to be more careful on the farm? Well, I wouldn't say I've got any specific expertise in that area, but I think it, you know they just have to understand the risks and understand their capabilities, and I think nobody wants to get hurt. I think it's, uh, it's, it's a simple message, and, and you only have to hear the stories of people and the families around them that have been hurt and the, the pain and the lingering sorrow that wraps around that for such a long period of time, it's just, it's just worth going to the extra effort to try and prevent those accidents happening. Yes, and it's also amazing when you delve into the statistics that 60% of uh, farm injuries occur in Queensland. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that, but I, I know that um, I've seen a number of uh, you know, work, work safe in, uh, advertisements in Queensland, again, highlighting that Agriculture has a disproportionate number of injuries compared to the number of sort of uh, to the level of employment that we have. So it's just not appropriate to say that it's not a problem. We we have to we have to lean into that one as well. Indeed, we'll finish on that note, uh, Jock. I can't repeat your title because it would take too long. But in brief, it's all about ag. It's with Macquarie. It's a big gig. Thank you for being on the Girl with Beat Central. My pleasure, Kerry. Thanks very much for having me on, and best of luck. And thank you for joining me today. Until next time, I'm Kerry Lonigan, and this is The Weekly Grill, brought to you by Alenco Animal Health and the Kelly's Finance Group. As a uh, postscript to our talk with Jock Whittle from Macquarie, the booklet Farm Print giving farmers a clue on how to approach your carbon emissions issues for your property. That will be available soon. It's uh, in development still, 
then we'll keep an eye on that and we'll advise when it's uh, when it's available.